Have you ever wanted someone to walk alongside you as you do the thing? You know, the thing that makes your heart come alive and leaves our world more like Jesus than we found it. I know, and that's why I'm here. My name is Rebecca Dotson-George. I'm a speaker, writer, career coach, and just all around excited to be in your earbuds for the next few minutes. I'm a girl wildly passionate about cheering you on as you make God known in and through your creative mission. Here's the thing though, I know sometimes you can get discouraged. I'm not good enough. I don't know where to start. I can't do as good of a job as she's doing. These are all lies that we sometimes believe and I'm here to help you debunk those lies that are ruling your mind about your mission and replace them with truth from God's word. So. Buckle up, because I'll gather up my favorite seasoned and rising leaders in their fields to share inspirational stories, strategic advice, and hard-won wisdom. Welcome to the Do The Thing Movement Podcast. Do you ever get to the end of a podcast and just think, man, I am not done with that conversation. Girl, me too. And I love hearing from you about how not only the show is encouraging you, but also what God is stirring up in you as a result. And I just really wanted the opportunity to connect one-on-one with more of you. And that's why I've created a Patreon community. Patreon is an online platform that hosts bonus content and provides creators a way to hang out with their audience in a more intimate way. So here's how I'm going to use it. There are three tiers. First is the bestie tier, which will include access to the platform and extra conversations with all our guests that only Patreon besties will get to hear. These questions will not be shared here on your podcast platform. Then there's the VIP party tier. This includes the bestie tier and you get invited to a VIP party once a month on Zoom where we get to hang out, get to know one another better and maybe do some coaching in a group session from time to time. And then finally, there is the calling coach tier. In this tier, you'll be able to access the previous tiers plus have a 30 minute coaching call per month with me to talk about anything podcast, ministry or career related. How fun does this sound? So come on over to Patreon by downloading the app or visiting patreon.com and search Do The Thing Movement. I can't wait to meet you inside the community. Hey friends, I'm so thrilled to be back with you today for another episode of the Do The Thing Movement Podcast. And today is so special. We have my new friend, Angie Smith, on the show. Angie is married to Todd Smith, who you may know as the lead singer of the Dove award-winning group, Sela. She is a mom and a writer, and she's the best-selling author of the Bible study, Seamless, Understanding the Bible as One Complete Story, as well as two other children's books and several books for adults including Chasing God and What Women Fear. She holds a master's degree in developmental psych from Vanderbilt University. She and her husband live in Nashville with their girls, their dog, Finley, and their cat, Oliver. And we had so much fun today talking about her new book, and I cannot wait to share it with you. We talk about Nancy Guthrie. We talk about Nashville. We just, we really cover the whole gamut. We had a blast getting to know each other, and I can't wait for you to get to know Angie too today. So let's welcome her to the show. Angie Smith, I am so thrilled. One that you have a Coke Zero in your hand. I know. (laughs) Um, I need to have one in my hand as well. You picked it up right when I started talking and I was like, man, that would be so good right about now. I, especially for the conversation we're about to have. I am so thrilled to have you today. Likewise. It really, it's great. And I know Uh, people do this, but we have very similar backgrounds, which blesses me. 
We have our whiteboards and our chalkboards and we're, yeah, I like you already. Same. Well, I am so thrilled about your new Bible study that is going to be out in the world by the time listeners listen to this. It's called Woven, which is such a great title. It's all about understanding the Bible as one seamless story. And I'm curious, I want you to start by just telling listeners, how did you see a need for this book? I can sort of like imagine um, kind of in the context of our world right now, but I would love to hear your heart behind it. Yeah, totally. It's so here's what's interesting about it is I wrote a Bible study a while ago called Seamless. And it was like a full on Bible study, the way you'd picture it, where you've got the blanks and you're, you know, studying and going through the whole thing. And one day my publisher came to me and was like, have you ever thought about making that into a book? And mm-hmm. I really hadn't. And so I just prayed about it and thought about it. And I just remember my agent and I were talking one day and I got so choked up because I just started thinking about this population of people who might be intimidated by picking up a Bible study, but they would read a book that was given to them. So it is the general, it's the same idea um, as seamless, but it's much more extensive as far as the story. And so we sort of took like the bones of seamless and then read it into a book. So yeah. So tech, I mean, it's still a Bible study. You could still read it and do it with a group, but it isn't as intimidating, I think, to people as when you're, you could read it without having a Bible in your hand, which I think is part of what's cool. Yeah. You know, we're giving you the scriptures and, you know, it's one that you can just read even as a brand new believer, someone who's mm. curious about Christianity and just sort of understand the scope of scripture from beginning to end. So that's I'm so good. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Um, I stand corrected. I guess the cover looks so similar, not similar to Matchless, but like it's it's Angie's brand, right? And so I saw it and I was like, oh, it's another Bible study. So I love that you formatted it that way. I also kind of am glad that you even said it because one of the things we really want to do is distinguish it, but it's super confusing. So it's great to have like an opportunity to say, hey, just to be clear, a lot of people have, you know, sort of mixed it up because exactly what you said. So it's a great opportunity to, I think I'm going to be doing it a lot. So thanks for letting me practice here. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. Okay. So one of the things that I thought of, you've already touched on it when I was reading about it is just the thought of the meat of what you're talking about here might feel intimidating to somebody who maybe like they haven't studied the whole council of scripture. Maybe they didn't grow up up in the church. So like for somebody who's listening, who's kind of in that place or they're a newer Christian or they're just curious, like encourage them. Like why should they pick the book up right now? Especially with the world that we're living in. Oh gosh. I mean, let's not even with that. Um, It's like every day there's some new crisis. Anyway, um, I, here's sort of the heart behind how my ministry, like sort of way back in the day, I was in graduate school and I was not a Christian. I was invited to um, a Bible study. I had no idea what Bible study was. Didn't bring a Bible. I was too intimidated by Lifeway, the Christian bookstore to go in and get the Bible study, which incidentally was Beth Moore's Breaking Free, which is not an easy Bible study. It's like no, no, ma'am. Deep end. end. So I didn't even go into Lifeway that day. I saw these pictures of people on the outside and I was like, those are not my people. I will never go in that store. I tell that story because they've been my publisher for more than 11 years. So (laughs) that's like, that's so cute. Look at your little plan. So, you know, I'm in grad school and I feel like I'm at a really good school. I'm in a really hard program. I like to figure things out. I think I'm um, 
I like the intellectual side of things um, and studying. And so I went to this Bible study. Of course, it's the South. So the host had like many extras for the people like me. Who, of course. And the next week I brought the only Bible I had, which was Precious Moments. Yeah. It's the only Bible. So they were just so kind to me though. And what frustrated me more than anything was I could keep up a little bit with sort of the heart of the gospel and I could take that in, but being sort of like my brain works in more of like a scholarly way. I just was like, but I don't understand. Like, yeah. You're saying Jonah, like I know there's a whale. Um, I, I didn't grow up in the church. So like, I didn't have a felt board. I don't, yeah. you know, I mean like, you know, the story everyone says like whale, um, but I didn't know sort of like the underlying story. And so it was really hard for me to have all these pieces and I got really frustrated. So, and I was an adult, so I can see how people who are coming to this, I mean, it's like tissue, right? I mean, like it's, it's so overwhelming and listen, like the Bible is not in order. So you can pick up something and still have no idea that a couple of Bibles, you know, a couple chapters in the Bible are actually happening at the same time. Or like, this guy is just like, this whole book is just this guy giving five speeches. Like it, to make it more simple, I think it takes away the edge of someone coming in and being like, there's no way I can understand all this, you know? And for those, of, for those people, what I would say to encourage you is from my experience, there's a good bit of it that 90% of Christians don't know. Yeah. You know, so it it isn't something where you should feel stupid. I hear that so many times. Like I had no idea that that how the Old Testament was connected to the new. I had no mm-hmm. idea. And so that's my encouragement is yeah. pick it up if you want to like a book, you know, that is yeah. any other book and just start reading and yeah. let him tell the story. Yeah, I love that. I took this um, biblical theology class a few months ago. It was by Nancy Guthrie. I don't know if you've oh, read Oh my any. gosh, don't. She, listen, I went through a loss very similar to hers. Her book okay. was like the only one that ministered. I mean, it, she is spectacular. Definitely. She is spectacular. Well, she basically teaches this course where you take a theme and trace it all the way through scripture. And it's like a whole half day workshop. It was the best Stop. thing. I, it was the best thing I did in quarantine last year. I remember like sitting on my couch. I was trapped in my house. Okay. And she, I'm going to need to know more about this. Yeah. She usually does them in person, but she, you know, obviously the world. So she was doing them on zoom. And I remember this moment in the class where she had like taken a theme, traced it through scripture. And then we had reached that place where it was like, okay, I've taught you how to do the thing. Right. And like, I'm going to give you time to, to like do it with people. And in Zoom, it split you up into these random pairings of people from all over the world. And like I had a girl from from like Seattle and a girl from like New York. And it was incredible. And for like 20 minutes, we sat there and traced, I think it was like the theme of kingdom through all of scripture. And, but I remember there was this moment for all of us when we like looked at each other for the first time as complete strangers. And we were like, Mm -hmm. okay, I don't know you. And I also don't know how to trace this whole theme through. Like I just watched Nancy do it, but like, we're all intimidated by this. You know what I mean? And were you able to? Yes. What happened? It was so cool. She gave us um, some really good like online 
concordance resources that really helped a lot. So it was like, once you could get to a place, you could trace it and be like, okay, this is where we're taking that. And then, um, it just was the coolest, like record this, like, can people go find that? Yeah. You can buy it. You can buy oh, ones that literally she's already buy it when yet. or you can like Love do it, it live. Um, also I'm just going to throw this out. I would never like stalk her. That would be weird, but I do know are you ready for this. She lives like 15 minutes away from me. I know. I feel her presence, even though I've literally never met her. And yeah. it, I'm telling you, like, I one day I'm going to bump into her, but I will sign up for it the second we hang up. Like, okay. I think everyone who's listening should. That's my um, encouragement. Yes. Seek Nancy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, and I, 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 I say I've had similar thoughts because, like, all my best friends live in Nashville. And I remember I interviewed her a few months ago. And I just wanted to say, like, oh, the next time I... I would love for us to be in a place in our friendship where I could have said, Hey, Nancy, can we grab coffee the next time I'm there? Um, Let me, but I just, I her. people are like, you know, if, as long as I know you haven't like killed someone in math where, and we're done and we're allowed to go out. Like we, we're very like good. We're hospitable, you know, like, and she's people person. are crystals. That's yeah. what I love about someone like her is that, mm-hmm. And that's something I try to do. Like, I, I, I want to know the person I, I don't, I, there are a lot of people who can lecture really well, but yeah. I'm especially moved by people who are curved deeply. And typically yes. that comes from people who have been through great loss. They, they teach differently. It comes from a completely different place in them. And she's one of those people I've read all of her books. I, you, people can't see this, but I straight went home at it on my books right here. Angie, that's gorgeous. Well, it was COVID. I mean, I just was really trying to figure it out. So it's the best I could do. I love it. I love it. I love that you've read all of her books. I love that we share a love for her. Um, Yes. And that's exactly what you said. Like, you can do that. Yeah. You thought was on, you didn't even know. And by the end, I bet you were like, I'm smarter than I thought. Like, I can do something. Like, this isn't just passive. I can figure stuff out. Like, yes. That is yes. so cool. I wish I could talk to you about everything that you went through and how you figured it out. I know. I know. It was it was the coolest. And um, and I've used it since, like, in preparing to give a message. And it was, like, so helpful just to have that framework. And, and I say all that to say, I think sometimes, like, we've grown up in the church and we we had the felt board and we went to VBS and, like, we heard the stories, but we just haven't, like, traced it together because we don't have a framework totally. to do that. Or we've not just totally. sat long enough to figure out like the types of writing that are in the Bible. And, and we just haven't done that work, right? Yeah. Like it's so freeing when you do take that time. And that's why yeah. I mentioned the class because it was like a whole half day to just sit with nothing but Nancy Absolutely. Guthrie and my Bible and figure out like, I mean, how do I do that? That's probably, I think that's where I'm going to show up. I'm going to be with Jesus, the Bible and Nancy Guthrie. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I, I seriously like how you just described it is perfect. First of all, because it's an amazing thing to, if you can be in community of some kind, Yeah, you were sitting next to these people, they were all around the world, but you were, you had this common goal of like, let's be a team and try and figure this out. And then you fought through that feeling that you described at the beginning of like, okay, I just watched someone else do this, but I esteem that person. And I think she probably knows stuff that I don't know. And then you went through the process and had this revelation. And that's the heart of, I think what we're all trying to do, we just don't feel equipped to. 
Yes. And I love that. I love that you did that. I bet that was really like a life-changing experience. It'll it really was. You approach your teaching, your Bible study, everything. It really was. That's great. And you start to see everything through that lens of like how yes. to trace this through scripture. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was the coolest. Um, favorite thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Okay. So I'm so curious about something. So I was reading your bio and I love that you have a master's in developmental psych. So I, so I went to, um, university of Tennessee and I always had like, I always enjoyed those like psych classes that you had to take yeah. to just like graduate from like, school. And I realized that it would be pretty easy for me to get a minor in psych. And so I did that. So there's like a lip. Uh, my major was exercise science and I've never used it a day after I've graduated school. I thought I wanted That's to be a killer combo. It was a killer combo. And wow. okay, here's how I, I'll tell you how I thought I was going to use it. Okay. Yes. I, I want to know. Wanted, I wanted to be a personal trainer. I wanted okay. to train women like in-home personal training, like women that would never walk into a gym and pick up a dumbbell in like a, yeah. you know, dude type gym. Um, and I wanted to teach them how to fuel their bodies well. And like that be, cause we, that's like awesome. our place, our home that God's given us to do ministry. Totally. And like, how do we treat it? Well, how do we yes. think about it in a way that matters? And yep. so all of that. And then I realized like the life of a personal trainer of like training people at four 30 in the morning and like until 9 PM at night just wasn't the life I wanted to live. And like yeah, maybe no, no. how it's God wanted me to minister no. was, <laughs> was that, but different. And so, um, so yeah, I, I needed the psych because I like wanted the background and like how Absolutely. we're wired, how we think and all of that. So I love it. I read your bio and I was like, I am so curious how you've seen like God take this passion. Cause there's a reason you chose that, right? Yeah. How you've seen him take that passion and your passion for scripture and like mold right. it together as a Bible teacher. Talk about uh. that. I'm telling you, this is, I was in a PhD program. I got my master's and I backed out because it, it, I was at Vanderbilt. And it, when you get kind of further through it, it, you, the program I was in was an MS program, but it turned into more research, not yeah. interacting with people. And I was like, I don't know that I want to spend another like 38 years here to maybe not do exactly what I love the research, but I couldn't do it without being able to talk to people. Yeah. So, um, I was actually really sort of disappointed in myself. Um, and looking back, I think God just wanted to use those years differently, but I still love it. And I think where it comes out the most is just what we've been talking about that. Um, and my dearest friend, who's also my assistant, because God called her to be, which I don't know why. Um, we went through this program recently that's like several weeks long, and it's sort of digging into what is your unique place in the kingdom? Like, what is it that only you can do? And so you go through a series of like trying to figure out how you got where you are and what your passions are. And then you eventually break it down into like a life statement. And you sort of have this banner of like the things, you know, like what I do and what I don't do, like, if this is my banner. Does that fit underneath it? And yeah. one of the things that's sort of my big, like moment was I'm really good at making connections to things. And so I like to take things and like break them down. So, and this is a really funny story, but I like to make complicated things really simple. Like yeah. that's just something that I love doing. And so I think my degree was, you have to understand how a child's 
brain works if you're going to yeah. describe a concept. So when I became a Christian, I legitimately went to LifeWay, sat on the floor in the kids section and started with picture Bibles. I'm sure I look like a total creeper. I know people were like, I love it. Hey, heads up. Don't go near her. I mean, I'm there with like veggie tales. Then I keep going. And so I was trying to get like, let me do basic. And then I got to like, I graduated from pictures and then I'm kind of getting, okay, so this happened at this and I kept going, but I think the heart of it is we should in some way be able to explain this to children. And the Bible is meant for us to understand. So I think that that's how I use it right before we started. And I told you, I skimmed over some of the questions you might ask. And I said to you, I've never been asked most of those questions. And when I was about to walk in here to turn this on for some unknown reason, one of your questions, I think it might be this one. How do you use that? I have, I can't express to you how insane it is that I've never thought about this, but I genuinely don't think I ever have. My master's thesis was on, there's this concept that they applied to all of these kids and said, younger kids can't do this. It starts in, I don't remember, it's been so long, but like third grade. So my argument was younger kids can do it. We're just not using the right constructs. Mm -hmm. It's like, we just have to modify it. I don't know why I've never realized that literally. This is so cool. It was so cool. I mean, I was like, I've got to call Audrey. I've got to get on there. So I'll have to call her after. It gives me goosebumps. So when you said that, I it, honestly, I'm laughing at myself. That feels like such an obvious thing, but it, it's also like a long time ago. And I don't yeah. know. I'm super good at making connections. Um, <laughs> <laughs> good job, Ange. Um, No, but it, so I saw that passion and it was a, a little bit of like, not to justify that time or anything, but it made me feel like I learned something that I do use it. Yeah. That, that is what I, that's my main tool. Um, so what turned out was actually it was right. They could do it. They just didn't understand the scale. Yeah. They needed smiley faces or whatever. So anyway, I had to bring that up because oh, so cool. it was, it's the like, so I will not forget that. I mean, I was walking in and it was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so yeah now I have to bring that up I for, love it I love it so much I I'm gonna awesome. tag on to that and say I did an interview with um Megan Fate Marshman last year she did a book called meant for good that was really good but we somehow got on it I'll never yeah. forget this and you saying all that about kids made me remember we talked about just the types of language we use in the church around kids around like spiritual disciplines. And she said, you know, cause she, I think she was a children's director at a church for a long time. And she said, I started realizing like, we just have to be careful about the verbiage that we use around them because it is so formative. Right. And, um, and she was just talking about how they taught their kids to pray. Like, okay, Uh we're gonna, we're gonna talk to God right now. And like, be asking God, like, how do you want to talk to me today? Not like Holy spirit. How do you want to speak to me? You know, like it just wasn't elaborate, but she was like, I, I totally believe like there is not a mini Holy spirit, right? Like these kids Uh can hear from God. These kids can know God, but along the same lines, like it matters how, and even as an adult, like when you're talking to someone Mm -hmm. who doesn't really understand the church, you're not dumbing it down. You're yeah. just making it more accessible. And yeah. I think that's exactly what 
you know, with kids, you, you're like, I don't want it to feel like this formal, rigid, mm-hmm. it's a relationship. And so mm-hmm. I want to translate that in a really, like, I honestly, I feel guilty about this a lot that I don't use super formal language with my kids. And then I'm thinking like, I hope they understand what that is when they hear it, because I've put it in this casual is not the word, but just relational, like exactly mm-hmm. how you just said that. Um, and it's, it's always encouraging to hear people say, you don't need those fancy words to like understand scripture and yeah. connect with the person, see where they are and meet them yeah. there and bring gospel like that. It feels like that's something that um, I really like how you said that or how she said that in that conversation. I love the idea of a mini. There is no mini Holy Spirit. I did too. I did too. That stuck with me in conversations that I've had since with kids, like that have been around anything related to Christianity. So, okay, man, there's just so much. We just have so much to cover. I know. Okay. So in, I'm just going to keep talking to avoid the hard questions I saw on there. Okay, great. Oh my God, Nancy Guthrie. How is she? (laughs) I love it so much. Uh, So much. Okay. So, um, this is a good one. So in the book, you talk about some of the struggles that believers face when studying the Bible. So like some of those, I don't know, maybe traps that we fall into, like, what are some of those things and how do we move past them? Yeah. Um, I should have thought about that one. I think um, the first thing that came to mind when you said that was not understanding the connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Yeah. And so I think there are a lot of people who, especially, you know, if you are a new believer, even if you've been a believer for 80 years, there's, there are things, especially in the Old Testament, that if you don't really understand the way new and old work together, I think you could see this kind of punitive, um, angry, not that he's always that way, but the Old Testament has laws that don't exist anymore. And I meet people who then are like, that's a stumbling block because they'll say, well, it says this. And it's like, okay, but you have to understand what the blood did. Like you have to understand though, that that's done now. So I, I think that connection for a lot of people and seeing, okay, do you see how this is said here? That didn't just fly into nowhere. Like that's why this happened or, Mm -hmm. but just being able to separate those in a way that says God has never changed, but you don't, we don't hold to many, many things that are in the old Testament. And without really understanding that you come in and you're reading all this and you're like, so God wiped everyone, you know, it, it, I think it's easy to get confused and feel like that's a part of modern day Christianity. That's something. Oh yeah, I agree. And I also think that sometimes when we're in that mindset or I've had conversations where like God's character then comes into question, right? Because we look at the old Testament and it's like, how do we reconcile justice and the perfect love of Jesus and, and all these things at the same time. And that he's all of these things beyond measure, not a sum of its parts. Like, so when we start to understand those together, it's like so much about God's character begins to make more sense, right? This side of eternity. I mean, we'll never understand it all. Like if you don't trust his character, you can't, Yeah, you have to understand who he is to be able to put that trust in him. So yeah. And I do, I understand that it's a complicated, I mean, God, it isn't like some, we were not meant to understand everything like that. We just don't. Yeah. So at some point you just have to be able to say, I, 
for me, it's like, I saw enough to know it was true. And I just have to be settled in yeah. the things that I can't explain because I trust his character. So yeah, that's a, that's a hard one. It's a hard it one if you're, if you're unfamiliar, especially. Yeah, definitely. Well, and there's another piece that you talk about some in the book as well, and that's prayer and the significant role that that plays in helping make scripture more clear and just yeah. our our time as we commune with God, right? And so how do you weave this into the book and and why is that important for a listener who is coming to this mm. study? First of all, I dig the fact that you said weave for woven. Well done. Oh, I didn't even do that intentionally. Oh, I love it. I'll confess. This is another area. You're bringing up my guilt areas. I don't feel like I'm good at praying. I don't feel like, or let me say it differently. I think I imagine that everyone else does it a certain way and I'm not doing it correctly. Like I picture someone like sitting and praying with like a candle and the windows are open. Like, and it's this intense 30 hour long, like it, I just, it's one of those things where I think it took me a while to realize, and I feel like the Lord is, is letting me wrestle this out with him is sometimes I'll get onto myself and I'll say, you're just not praying enough. You're not praying enough. Look, pray for your kids every day, pray for your kids. And it was a reshaping of what God actually means by that. Mm -hmm. I felt like I, I don't hear God audibly, but there was this sense that what he was saying was, you just think it has to be caged a certain way. And when you're living your everyday life and you're doing these things, I'm still hearing them. You, yeah. you are deliberately speaking to me. You're just not saying, Lord, I want to pray that. So I, for me, the idea of prayer, I think when you go into scripture, praying that he'll give you eyes where you can, that he'll just infuse the Holy Spirit into the words and he shows up there. And there are many times where there's intentional prayer, but I don't think this relational short, just in your heart, having conversations with God, don't discount those as if those yeah. don't like count as prayer. Um, so I, I don't know that that even answers the question. I just totally feel like does. In the past few days, the Lord has been like, it's given me a lot of relief. So maybe it's, maybe it'll speak to other people too. And just don't, don't let yourself feel like you're doing it wrong. Like you haven't figured out the way to do it. It's just, God doesn't work that way. There's no formula that like, I asked you to sit for a half an hour and say these words. There's, and I think there's just a peace in knowing that that's not an expectation that's placed on us by him. So we just don't miss ourselves. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree with that. But isn't that like the worst ploy of the enemy to like distract us from communing with God and talking to God and feeling like those moments don't matter. Right. Like right now I'm just thinking about our lives and the way that (laughs) we're going about our time right now. And it's like some, some days, some weeks being a person who works from home, one of the only people that I see outside of my husband is like homegirl checking me out at Kroger. Right. And so it's like, I've been really convicted and God's really been doing work in me of like, Rebecca, don't miss those moments in the grocery store aisle when like you might be the only person that shows this girl, the love of Christ today. So like, Lord, give me the words, like help me know how to encourage her because her job is hard and she (laughs) may not be having the best day bagging up people's toilet paper that are angry. And, you know, I mean, the world's, the world's nuts. And so, um, having that one moment again, it's not like formal, you know, 
it's in the moment of just saying, here's a person who God loves exactly as much as he loves me. So there's this like thing, but anyway, it's too long of a story, but there was a time where I just felt like God was saying, when you walk past people, like say in your mind, I love you. Mm. I love you. Now I taught this concept to my children and um, we were on a cruise and there was like this incident that happened and I just kept thinking about it. And so I told them that, and there was another like funny story. Anyway, all that to say, then we're sitting at the restaurant and the waiter comes over and my daughter who I don't remember how old she was at the time. She goes, I love you. I was like, that's really sweet. Bless her heart. Um, maybe keep that inside though. Keep it inside. Cause he, you know, it just got a little weird, yeah. uh, but it was the best, you know? And I just think if we can go into it and what happened the other day that was totally, um, I can't remember what it was. Oh, I know what it was. There was this nasty woman who walks by my house mm-hmm. and my dog is a golden retriever. He'll bark because he wants to play. He's not dangerous at no. all. Well, she'll walk by and yell at him like mean, like I didn't do anything. Finley. I'm, I don't even know. I mean, so we're sitting on the porch and I hear her and like instantly, like my blood kind of like starts oh, to boil because yeah. it was mean. And she's like moving her arms toward him and stuff. I'm like, he has an electric fence, first of all. Like, and she's like, every time I walk, he won't let me every time I walk. So I had this moment walking across the lawn. I am straight up Italian. This could go a couple different ways. Uh-huh. I knew it could. And I have fire in me. So I was like, calm it down. I mean, the girl I was sitting with, we were both like, did that just, I mean, it was one of those, like your heart starts pounding. So I walked over to her and I was like, Hey, and she starts in on me. Yeah. She, I said, are you afraid of dog? Cause I just went, you know what? Nice and kind, like having manners, like they never fail. So yeah. I just talked to her for a little bit and I was like, you know, and she, I could see after a little while, took a while for her to kind of like start backing down. And so I, you know, we have ended up kind of, it deescalated. And I was like, can you tell me what times you normally walk? Um, I'll make sure and, you know, keep him inside. And so then we start talking about a million other things. My heart was still like at the beginning, I was still like, but by the time it kind of calmed down, it, it was like, there was sort of a moment where she realized that I wasn't after her, even though she, she knew she had done something that was, she came into it aggressively. Yeah. So as she's walking away and we have this great conversation and she's like, thank you for being so kind, whatever. Okay. I hate to say this. Obviously I'm not identifying her. She went like her hair had been like over her jacket. She went like this as I live and breathe. It said Lifeway. I was like, I am so glad that I handled it that way. Her husband yeah. was tired and had like this massive job. She's a kind woman. She yeah. was in a moment where maybe she was afraid. She was angry. She's sure. A, but in that moment, like she walked away and I came up to the porch and I was like, you are not going to believe it. Lifeway is not a huge community. Like sure. she walked home and my husband would know who I was and I would know what his job was. Right. And I just thought like, but that's how you should always act regardless of what's on the jacket. Like you approach it, giving the benefit of the doubt. And if it is in that one moment to say, Hey, are you okay? Like the other day I couldn't find something in the grocery aisle and there was someone walking past me and I was like, 
do you know where molasses is? She's like, no. Well, we ended up talking for five minutes. Yeah. She's like, thank you so much. Like, I just, I would hope my countenance showed Jesus, even if I didn't say any specific sure. words, but that's not that hard. You right. know what I mean? Like, especially if you're not, you don't even have to talk. Like, it's not that hard to pass someone and think, I love you the way Jesus does. Cause I'm commanded to, Yeah. you know, and pray it's yeah. that again, it like break it down to the absolute simplest form. There isn't yeah. a formula for how you do it. And you just do your best to represent him. And right now, not as easy as I'd like for it to be a lot of political, yeah. a lot of racial, and a lot it's probably of, not, and it's probably not, that's the bad, the bad, good news. I mean, he's always with us. Right. But I, I also don't think that as a believer, it's going to get any easier in the years to yeah. come. And I think right now is really good ground for good practice for probably days to come. You know, I, I think you're exactly right. Yeah. And so I love that you share that story because we all have those moments all the time where we can either choose to show the love of Christ or, or not. And so I love that reminder. And um, man, we just like covered the whole gamut of basically just solving all the world problems. I know. Everyone. I know. For questions, we'll send you to Nancy's class and you should yes. by the end of it. Yes, ma'am, we will. Well, we are about to hop over to Patreon, which I'm really excited about. So for our listeners who want to get to know Angie a little bit more, you can head on over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash do the thing movement. And there is all of our bonus resources and coaching and all the things where you can listen to our bonus podcast episode. So join us over there. But Angie, I am so grateful for you and for your time and just so thankful to have you today. Thanks. I'm really grateful. It was a great conversation. You're very good at your job. You ask great questions. (laughs) (laughs) Love your ministry. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I am so thrilled to have you be a part of this community. I wanted to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, did you know that when people rate and review podcasts on Apple Podcasts, it actually helps more people come across the show? And when that happens, the messages we're sharing get spread even further and we get to encourage more people. I can't think of anything more fun than that. So it would mean the world to me if you would do something that would take just two minutes of your time. Hop on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a written review. Tell me all about how the show is encouraging you and invite others to listen in. It truly means the world to this girl on the other side of the mic. And then number two, if you're loving the show and want even more content from Do The Thing Movement, hop on over to our Patreon page on your desktop or mobile device to listen to after the show bonus interviews, attend live Zoom parties, and receive extra coaching. Simply download the Patreon app or do it on your desktop device and search Do The Thing Movement. I would love to see you over there in that community. Thanks again for listening, and I can't wait to be back with you next episode. Same time, same place. Bye, friends.